This is the Small Moves Podcast with your host, Jason Hertzberger, episode 43. You know, social media is killing all forms of meaningful communication between people. Response? Like! Damn it, that's what I'm talking about! You're listening to the Small Moves Podcast. Small steps for big progress. With your host, Jason Hertzberger. Your your next step starts now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show this week. It is Friday in the rotating topics that we like to hit on a regular basis. Today's topic area is going to be relationships. Call that family, friends, coworkers, all of that wonderful stuff. But the topic that we're going to talk about today that falls under that umbrella is communication, open and honest communication with the people that are around you. This is something that I have struggled with in the past, whether that be in a professional setting or in a relationship setting or whatnot. I'm sure that no one that's listening has ever had trouble with open and honest communication with people in their life. So I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here. But for the sake of listening to this show, let's just pretend for a second that maybe you faked it one time and had poor communication skills with someone that's important to you in your past. That'll make this go a lot quicker. Anyway, something that I've noticed about really amazing relationships, and this doesn't necessarily have to be limited to personal relationships, this sort of runs the gamut, is just the shocking and abnormal level of open communication between people. Like it's amazing how much open communication between parties helps smooth the road when going through both good and bad situations. That's something that I've definitely experienced myself on both ends of the spectrum. When there's a lack of communication, there's a lack of understanding that which leads to misunderstanding funny. That's the same thing. Anyway, moving on. And that just leads to sort of a breakdown in what could potentially come out of those relationships on both the good end or the bad end. There's just really not too much to be gained by not having open communication with the people that you choose to have in your life for one reason or another. Something that I noticed that both my wife and I noticed it about each other, but it's also something that seems to be pointed out with relatively odd frequency by people that are around us is just the freakish level of open communication that the two of us have with each other. You know, we met back in June of 2011 and we got engaged eight months later, married 18 months after that. So call that September 2013, we got married. So we're going on five years and we have literally yet to have a fight. Um, That seems to be something that when it comes up in conversation is something of an abnormality among most couples that have been together for any length of time. And, you know, the kickback that we keep hearing is, well, just wait, it'll eventually happen. And I'm not saying that it won't, but something that just also seems to be a similar abnormality between us is that we have a level of honesty with each other that is just 
seemingly missing in a lot of relationships for people that are around us. And that's something that I think is kind of a shame for others because it's really makes life so much better. Um, I would say that the, one of the things that comes up in a lot of relationships is that especially in today, we as a society seem to want to hold on to our individualism to a to a level that causes serious rifts with the people that we choose to bring into our life. Now, I'm not saying that you need to give up on who you are or what you are or what you want to achieve just simply to accommodate the the other people that are in your life, but you do need to understand that you need to be honest about what it is that you want out of a relationship, out of a business dealing, out of a business, you know, out of a partnership, out of a friendship, out of what some sort of any other relationship that you could imagine. Like the, the when you're honest about things, it'll save a lot of time if the other parties are not interested and it'll also save a lot of headache in dealing with the accumulated strings that are attached in relationships when it does come out later on down the line that something wasn't really going to end up working out in the first place. I'm not even going to bother applying this meta <laughs> applying this line of thought to the current statistics with regards to the percentages of divorce here in the West. Um, but I'm sure you guys can obviously draw those conclusions on your own. Um, a lot of times these relationships tend to fall apart just simply because people haven't been honest with each other. And that sounds incredibly simplistic, but a, a breakdown in communication either from day one or as time goes by and that lack of communication blossoms into completely different lives between two people. And then really the inevitable outcome is a separation or divorce or whatever it might be. And that might not necessarily be the worst thing in the world in that situation. But a lot of times these things do come down to a breakdown in communication. So something that I think is really important in relationships, I'm going to talk about personal relationships at the moment, and that's something that obviously I know something about, being married with two kids happily, is that the a staple that always seems to be a really fun experience for me and my wife and something that I've noticed in a lot of lifelong, just really incredible relationships is, as strange as this sounds, shared shared purchases. Um, as odd as that might sound, the go back to the olden days, one of the big, big events in a lot of people's lives was when they first bought a house. Now, with people getting married later on in life now, that is happening a lot of times as a single individual. That's not something that's happening as a couple as frequently anymore as it used to. Because before, a lot of times people were getting married in their early 20s. They were saving up their money and they were buying a house when they were in their late 20s or 30s. So whereas now that, that thing tends to be flipped on its head where everybody's saying, you know, buy a house, buy a house, buy a house. And 
that's something that people tend to maybe rush into before they should. And then they put off the relationship until later where then the conversation becomes, well, which house do we choose the yours that you picked all on your own with the features that only you wanted or the, the house that you bought on your own with all the things that you wanted or do we decide to sell both? Now that's a pain in the ass. No, let's not do that. Let's just go ahead and move into your place. And then really at the end of the day, it never ends up being their place. It's his house from before the marriage. It's her house from before the marriage. And then maybe someday they end up selling or moving depending on, <clears throat> depending on the location, depending on, the need or the life situation that they're in at the time. And I, frankly, I just kind of find that to be a shame. And I have to say that that was our situation. That was my wife and my situation. We, we were coming into this. My wife had never bought a house prior to us getting together. I had bought two. I bought one, then moved out, rented that out, and now live in the second one. And that was my situation moving into it. And we now together are living in that second house. And frankly, that's something that I always sort of thought to be something of a shame. Like we never really had that opportunity early on in our relationship, which I think is kind of a fun experience and something that really shows a lot about someone's personal willingness to have other people in their life is when you're talking about when we're talking about buying dishes who gives a damn when we talk about what color to paint the back wall or the accent wall who really gives a damn i know i generally don't when it comes to that kind of stuff but when you're talking about something as big as a house or a shared vehicle or something that's a large purchase where you have to have both persons input and both persons personal preferences factored into the decision realistically factored into the decision that's something that shows a certain level of blending that's a blending of their preferences that's something that is going to be highly reflective of the nature of the relationship and when it's something that they both want to do if one person doesn't care that's one thing. Like, for example, when it comes to cars, my wife does not give a damn about cars, could not care less what she's driving. What it's like, how new it is, how old it is, how fancy the features are, what all the shiny buttons do doesn't give a hot damn. Whereas me, those are my toys. Like that's my, like, that's one of the things that I tend to geek out more about than almost anything is cars. It's just my thing. I'm a guy. I'm sorry. Moving on. Anyway, but when it comes to a house, I mean, that's something that it's pretty hard to not have fairly strong opinions on. So it's something that, you know, people that are in a relationship, it's something that if you're holding on to property that's been around since prior to a marriage, or if you're not necessarily married, but you've been together for some time and you're holding on to say property that's been around for a while prior to that relationship. And a lot of the say decorations or the possessions that are in there are from that time period. If that's something that everybody is on board with, that's wonderful, but I'm almost sure that's probably not necessarily the case. Um, consciously or unconsciously. So I recommend thinking about making a change in that area because the process, and this is something that my wife and I have gone through 
recently because, as many of you may know, if you've been listening to the show for a little while, we are planning on moving full-time into an RV and living that lifestyle. That's something that we've both been super excited about for a long time, but have never really seen an opening or an opportunity to go ahead and make it happen. And then in the last six to 10 months, it's occurred to us, there's never really going to be a good time. So what the hell, let's just do it. So that's where we are now. We just put our deposit down and we're going to be buying our unit in the next week or so. But the process of making that choice very similar to buying a home, because that's in in our case, that's exactly what we're doing. That was a very enlightening experience for me and for her because it really exposed a lot of the differences that we have with regards to our preferences and what our level of willingness is to compromise on some of those things. Now, when I talk about compromising on things with your partner, there's obviously a limit to that. Um, I was recently listening to an episode of the Tim Ferriss show with a doctor named Gabor Mate, and he teaches, uh, he's a psychologist, psychiatrist. He does therapeutic uh, psychedelic treatments out of Canada, Vancouver, I believe. But one of the things that he mentioned is something that he is a particular song that he incorporates a lot into his therapy, which is an Elvis Presley song called any way you want me that's how i will be and it's touted as one of elvis's most famous most touching love songs where basically the concept of the song is i basically don't pay attention to who i am or what i am just tell me what you want and i will be that thing for you And though on the surface that might sound sweet, that's actually very sad. If you really listen to the tone of how he is singing it, there's been reproductions of the song by others. Don't listen to them. Go back to the original. Listen to Elvis sing it. If you hear him sing it, there's a profound sadness in how he's singing that. And that's because that's not meant as a sign of love. That's meant as a sign of sadness. Like you're not, if you are compromising everything that is you so that you can make yourself what your partner wants you to be just so that you guys can stay together, that's not okay. And that's something that is going to end up coming back to bite you on the ass at some point or another, either You're going to get so upset and so frustrated that you were never able to truly express yourself that you end up lashing out, getting angry, becoming enemies, and then ending up getting in a getting a divorce in a personal relationship or splitting up a business in a business relationship. Or the other side of that coin is equally sad, and that's that you end up just staying and never being or doing anything that you want to be or do just because you want to have this other person stick around in your life. This person who's apparently not okay with who you really are and what you want to do. Otherwise, you wouldn't need to be doing these compromises in the first place. There's a limit to compromise. There should be a limit to compromise. Your business partner and your personal partner, uh, whichever you choose to apply this situation to, needs to understand who it is that they're getting into bed with. Get it? <laughs> anyway, the, the 
they need to understand who they're with, who they really are with. This common misconception about how, you know, it's like the it's like the give give the woman enough time, he'll fix the guy. No, he'll just simply tame the guy to the point where the guy is unhappy and sad and loathing life and that is reflected in his work, in his personal care, in his level of self-respect and that's not anything that anybody wants and that goes both ways like that this is not an area of life where you need to compromise communication is something where you cannot compromise that's been my experience in my it's like in my olden years me being all of 37 at the moment but that's something that is just so so important and i want to go ahead and just leave you with that you know make it a point to if you're at a point in your life where you need to make some sort of a purchase in a relationship, go and proactively work together to make those purchases and just sort of see what comes out. Use it as a litmus test. Try and figure out, you know, are there compromises where you're comfortable making them or are there some things that are just such big sticking points that you need to go ahead and cancel out that purchase? And if that's the case, that might be something for you to think about with regards to the relationship that you're in, whether it be personal or business or whatever it might be. Like that's something that I think is something that's important to find out sooner than later. My wife and I, like I said, we have quite literally never had a fight. We have had disagreements. We have had heated disagreements. We have periodically snapped at each other while basically being frustrated about other situations. And then those snaps are very quickly followed up with, I don't know why I said, like, I don't know what that was about. I'm sorry. Let me tell you what I was just thinking. And then we move on. And our voices never exceed the level that you're hearing right now. Like we've quite literally never had a fight. We've been through tough times. We've been through good times. We've had kids. We've bought houses. We've had you know, we've had parents who have passed like this is not this has not been an uneventful relationship, unlike some and never once have we progressed to the point where we have had a fight. And that's just because we actively, proactively talk about exactly how we're feeling as raw and rough as that might be. And I'm not saying I'm an expert at this, but I am saying that it's something that we have proactively practiced and that it has resulted in what is an amazingly strong relationship and an amazing love between the two of us. And that's something that I think is an aspect to relationships, not just ours, but of all of the good ones that last or all the people that we know that have had amazing relationships that have lasted. This has been an absolute staple and it's something that we strive to do. It's something that I urge you to strive to do. And I think it's something that will be absolutely worth it in the long run and in the short run, because in the short run, you end up actually being able to make the purchases that you want to make. If you're annoyingly materialistic, like I am sometimes, but with that being said, I really hope that you guys have a great weekend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. Just a quick heads up before you go uh, next Friday, I will be releasing this month's edition, the second edition of the Small Moves Book Club. You have to be on the email list to go ahead and get those emails as they go out. So please go ahead and go to the website, smallmoves.co, and go ahead and leave your email 
and you'll get the very next one that comes out. I'm really looking to get that off the ground. That's a lot of fun for me as I consume way more books than I can squeeze into this book club, but I am very excited about the ones that I can. I've got a solid list of ones that are going to be coming up soon, so definitely go ahead and sign up for that. Also, if you're listening whatever platform you're listening to this show on right now, please go ahead and subscribe to the show. That really helps me know who is listening to the show, where you're listening from, and just gives me a general idea of the type of content that I want to be working on in the future. So go ahead and subscribe to the show. Let me know that you're listening, and I will talk to you guys next time around. Don't forget to go out and talk to somebody today. You've got this. Oh,